0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? How are we? Welcome to another episode of Four the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 325, broken up into two parts, A and B. A, B, B, B. Thank you. 325A, posting on 411, will be discussion on Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Dragon. And 325B, posting on 414, will be discussion on the Apple TV film Tetris with Terrence Edgerton a wild ride that one is i'm one of your hosts grayson chubby dragon maxwell joining me as he does every week's my co-host roger the orifice stillion and our lovely perma guest chris give me
1: more of those baby blues chris pine bond yeah listen <laughs> you are for once the worst part of a movie in your naming so thank you i appreciate thank that you. I, I appreciate it. I, I strive for
0: that but <laughs> that man's got some beautiful baby blues man i'm telling you he does I mean, what is going on? You gentlemen? don't have to tell me, bud. <laughs> I mean, he's got a strong name. So, how, um, how was your Easter, gentlemen? How was our Easter? And to all listeners, we hope you had a great Easter as well.
2: If you celebrate Easter.
0: Yeah, well, if you celebrate.
2: I had a good Easter, man. My daughter had a good time. I drank a few beers, ate a bunch of ham. It was great.
1: Yeah, my Easter was pretty cool. I, was, you know, I saw family. I'm eating leftover dirt pie right now. It's great. What is, what is I heard that. I was going to ask you, what is dirt pie? It's like crushed it is, up
0: Oreos and stuff, man. Yeah,
1: it's crushed up Oreos, whipped cream, uh, chocolate pudding, and cream cheese with like peeps on top.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. Peeps, yeah, peeps are trash. <laughs> Roger, I don't, I don't need to remind some of our listeners about our uh, peep story with our – boy, we had one guy, Dave. We'll just call him Dave. That's what his name is. I don't remember his last name. We'll but... call him Dave because that was his name. <laughs> <laughs> he, brought a, he brought in a bunch of peeps. For like, you know, it was Easter Sunday. He brought in a bunch of peeps for the kids that had to be there work and like just the crew who had to work that day in general. And um he goes like he puts them down and then goes up to goes up to get like the box office ready and open. And Roger and I are like we're in concession, like looking at each other like, we're gonna do this, aren't we? So Roger takes like there's a there's a there's a decent number of peeps there, like dozens of peeps, and Roger just melts them all into one giant peep <laughs> in the microwave. <laughs> And Dave comes back to get his peeps. And he's like, where's my peep? <laughs> and Roger just shows him these combined plates of all these. Like puddle of, of, of melted <laughs> marshmallow, And he was very upset. Like, I mean, look, un- understandably, he bought that and he may have wanted them. But, like, he got more upset than I thought he would at that. But I always thought that was hilarious. And we kept yelling all day, peep. peep. Like, if you've seen the marquee cinemas that we used to work at, it's like there's this huge gap between the concession stand like a, a gap of like the, where the lobby is and the box office. And we, we kept yelling peep and he would just get so upset. <laughs> but that's a good, uh, that's a good peep story. I always thought it's peep. A, a good wholesome peep story. Dave, I, don't, I, don't peep. Know if you, I don't know if you people have ever uh, tried to melt d- um, dozens of peeps in a microwave one time, but it is... they get really
2: big and then they die a horrible
0: death. <laughs> <laughs> Their eyes are all melted all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's really kind of cool but that, that's my one peep story but so easter was yeah. good for you gentlemen it was good for us um i i had a good easter we did uh we did a wasn't it? it wasn't like a kid egg hunt it was like an adult because there was more adults doing the easter hunt like we were looking for baskets and eggs but it was it was a lot of fun it was a nice sunny day just little bottles I, of liquor instead of eggs <laughs> i had we had tons of food um yeah, we it was a it was a fun day. It was it was very tiring, but it was a good it was a good day to celebrate with friends and family. So Good. I I, I enjoyed. It. I enjoyed being back for a few days. I am I am now of course reaping the negative rewards of that of having to catch a very early fight, working a full day, now doing a podcast and then editing it later. But fun. That's the life of uh what I do. So Editing is in quotations. True. Well, I do try to check out the ums and the some of the, the odd pregnant pauses that we have, but you know, that's what Correction. I try to do. I don't. I don't know if the, I'm always successful.
1: The pregnant pauses that you have, me and Roger, are perfect.
0: Okay, pregnant pauses I have the, the, the boys are domineering perfect, boy. force on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, what else
1: is going on? Did we watch anything besides what we did for the show? Uh finished the Cell Saga and Dragon Ball Z with my child. So that was cool. We, yeah, um, was she pumped up at the end? She really was, man. She was. She was into it. She. She couldn't believe that Goku wasn't the one that saved the day. Like she was stunned. She like she couldn't believe it that it was uh, Gohan that comes in. Mm-hmm. So she had a great time. We're uh, we're almost in super now. She, she we're we're on a roll. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Had a good time with it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's cool. That you have a daughter that's into that that you can like share that with her and get her into the anime well, stuff. W-
1: Luckily enough, I've I've kind of I forced it upon her, and now she just sees it as normal. So it's, it worked <laughs> out for me.
0: Like like every good dad does, force it upon. her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um,
1: uh, I also saw the Mario movie this week, so there was
0: that. I have so, yeah. seen the Mario movie as well. We'll have more. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna it's a good it's gonna be a very good discussion for next week. Mm-hmm. I I, mm-hmm. I feel I'm gonna watch it again. I I didn't because I went with my godson, and it wasn't we didn't I didn't watch it in 3D. Um, I wanted to, but he's for some You know, I, I didn't know this, but you know, kids are not supposed to watch 3D movies until 12 years old.
1: Oh well, I, t- I took both that's my a kids to the 3D showing, so I'm a terrible. I didn't parent. know that. I, I think I don't know if that's like it's eyesight know. development stuff. Yeah, I've heard that yeah. before. Now that you've said it,
0: um, but I I, I didn't enjoy the movie as much as I thought I was going to. But I mean, maybe if I, there were a lot of sequences that I could tell that were made to be in 3d and when i see them maybe i will like have my enjoyment level will go up i just i have my talking points and there are some pretty good ones i i think that a lot of people are not going to remember about but i'm know, excited we'll, to get that conversation next next week
1: we'll talk about it my kids loved it i had a great time so i'm good. excited to talk about that one next week good. and it, it did it it made a ton of money so oh, i can't wait to talk about box office i can't wait for i this. am
0: out some baconators i know you are been. out some, some wendy's boy I know this, I know this. Um, but other than that, good. Oh, you know what? I want to ask you a question. I'm going to do this where I am I, I tend to watch a lot of movies a week. This is my question this week. Roger. Chris. Yep. More, more Roger. Um, Road Trip. Would that movie benefit from a 30 Years Later sequel? Ooh. Or I'll, I'll, I'll even pivot. Which movie would benefit more from a 30 Years Later sequel? Old School or Road Trip?
2: I mean, I think they both could so but i'm okay with either one um man old school and road trip are two of my favorite like 2000s comedies man those are they're they're very defining
0: comedies very
2: defining yeah i don't know i probably i probably say uh
0: old school would be a better better run but see i I thought the other I thought the other way with it because you could like there's so much more I think you could do Barry of course still be in college because tom green's he was there for seven years why not keep him there for th- almost thirty seven years um you could do the guy who's the he was um the high ties man high times man of the week the person who was uh, their, their, their entourage obsessed with weed and I, I feel like there's a lot you could do with that with Kyle now all grown up uh d j Qualls, I feel like there's a lot you could do with that. Um, but I I don't know. I had a good time re- revisiting that one. And I didn't like I know I talk about it a lot, but I also it's very weird to me how there's a part in that movie where they're literally on a college campus and the dad is waving a gun around and nothing bad happens. So yeah, I, no, I, it was I, OK um, back then. <laughs> police didn't come. I'm like, what is going on here? I I just, so I, just, uh, the I think great.
1: the same issue falls into trying to do road trip 30 years later as, as American Pie, though. Just some of the stuff just won't work nowadays. Is that right?
2: Yeah, but some of the more like the more recent um, American Pie movies, I've been okay with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: I don't know. I know. It's just tough. I Even mean, getting the whole cast to come back—that that'd be a tough part. Yeah, I don't I mean, think that's what that's dream. what the
2: money's for. Yeah. True. True.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm a little, maybe there may be pipe dreams for me, but I I, I do want to see so many movies uh, have a kind of kind of a sequel. But
2: I mean, on a more awkward note, at least for both of those, all the main cast members are still alive. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I Jesus. mean that seriously. Yeah, That's very true.
0: Um, yeah, I mean I don't know what they're doing, but I mean, well, what is Tom Green doing these days? Podcasting. Yeah. Oh, is he doing a podcast? Okay, fair. Yeah. Um, wow. What, what? 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 Idiots do a podcast? Huh? Jeez.
2: bunch of fucking losers. Of yeah. Fucking really. Yeah.
0: All right, gentlemen. If if we can, let's jump into the episode, shall we?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: All right. All right. All right, gentlemen. This is. Episode 325 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinemas posts each and every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music. Each and every week we start with the box office current and upcoming releases, trailers, and then movies of the week. I skipped what stream, but it's in there. I'm sorry. I'm reading my thing wrong. Without further ado... Let's jump into the box office, and much to my chagrin, but but <laughs> yeah, tell us the box good, office. A good fact that's going to line Chris and Roger's stomach with a with a, a baconator or two. The Super Mario Brothers movie did very well this this holiday weekend, earning 146.4 million domestic, Jesus. and a worldwide of 375,
2: the highest animated opening of all time. I'm, Dear
0: God. I'm surprised about that, but I'm not, I'm, I'm didn't, there was 0% it was going to hit Avengers numbers, but it came, it came a lot closer than I thought
1: it would. So much closer. I, I mean, for an animated movie for kids, that's, that's a good, I mean, number. I want
2: you to understand that it opened higher than frozen 2. Yep.
0: <laughs> that, that blows my mind. I can't even, that just, I don't know
1: mind. why you doubted the power that is the short.
0: Well, okay. Backhand. Well, here's, here's the thing.
1: He has something um, against Italian plumbers. I <laughs> mean, Name Mario. Um, very specific.
0: specific time plumbers oddly Mario, specific but... <laughs> that we'll get into it next week, but I have a feeling the drop-off is going to be a lot sharper than you think it will be. As of this point recording this week and weekend, I think the drop-off is going to be a lot sharper than you think. See, and I, then, I just,
2: I, I don't see that mostly because it has no real competition
1: until guardians in four weeks. Because yeah, didn't minions do this where, like, like they didn't come out very strong, but they had, like, nothing to compete with yep, for, like, It just like, swallowed like four everything weeks. else. Yeah. Yeah. It just ran for a while making money.
0: It did. And, it's, and it's, you know, Illumination knows what they're doing. They can certainly they make a, they certainly do make, you know, make a good movie. But that's one I want to get into next week. And it's, it's going to be a good discussion. I already have tons of talking points written down. If we have the time to cover them. That's the, that's the key. Number two. Go, go 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 ahead, Chris.
1: Oh, I was just going to ask. So you don't think it's going to it's going to maintain its um like strong numbers? How far do you predict it's going to go down? Do you think like percentage wise from where it's at? Like what it made? What do you think the percentage drop is going to be next weekend when we talk about it?
0: I don't think it'll hit five hundred by by the time we record the episode next weekend. So some somewhere between six to seven o'clock a week from yesterday Sunday, I don't think it's going to hit five hundred.
1: Well, so it doesn't open in in some regions until three weeks from now. So that's it doesn't that's almost, hit
2: Japan for three weeks, and that's going to be a
1: huge like numbers pull for them. Is going to be yeah in Japan. Okay. um I'm talking I'm talking a like percentage. Like like, do you think it's going to get the the like the usual like forty percent drop from week to week, or do you think it's going to have a, a harder drop like percentage wise?
0: I think it'll have a harder drop. I I, I really do. I th- I think okay. it'll have. I think it'll be fifty percent or more. Okay. It, is is that too broad of a scale? No, no, no. no I'm, I'm,
1: just, I'm just interested to what you think because I don't think it'll drop. I think like like I don't think it'll go down any more than the average movie does. I think that because there's no other kids movies out, and I think because it is a solid movie, there's a lot of positive feedback from it uh, from just viewers, not critics. That it's gonna word of mouth itself to a to a steady decline that we're used to seeing instead of like a sharp one from like bad films. Okay, fair, fair enough. That's a it's a good prediction. A good prediction. Yeah. And then, and then when Japan's market opens up for it, I don't. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna climb back up like worldwide. So it's we'll gonna see. just
2: Smash everything else. Um, just just for a quick note, and it'll be the last thing to say about Mario. As of this moment, right now, Mario is the third highest-grossing movie of two thousand and twenty-three.
1: And it's only been a weekend.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's not wow, bad. That's... <laughs> Uh, well, again, that's uh, that's a good discussion for next yeah, week. All yeah, right, number gonna, number two, John Wick Chapter Four, still doing uh, still doing decent, fourteen point five million, bringing us worldwide to two hundred and sixty eight. That's really good
1: for uh, a yeah, very movie. steady small movie.
0: Number three, one movie that was, if you remember, we did an uh, ORB episode a few weeks ago, was talking about movies we were excited about. And, I mean, let's note that Chris's Super Mario Bros. movie was <laughs> right up top. So, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, number three is Air for me, which is $14.5 million, bringing it worldwide to $30.4 million. That's not too shabby. Keep in mind, we're reading these numbers on Monday night, so there could be a slight adjustment after Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Monday, they're all but... pretty
1: official now, though, so. Yeah. yeah. You were excited about Air. Did uh, did you get a chance to see it yet, Grace? I did not, but I'm gonna.
0: I'm definitely gonna try to catch that this week. Um, I'm definitely gonna try to. It's a much. I'm going into a much slower couple of weeks for work, so I'm definitely gonna try to uh, do that if I can get some decent out times of work. But gotcha. Number four, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, a movie we're gonna talk about later tonight. Thirteen point nine million domestic, worldwide of one hundred twenty three, almost one hundred twenty five. That's not too bad. No, no, nope. it's not. It works. I think so. I think it's, it's a very fair score
2: number. for a fair movie.
0: I think that's a very respectable uh, number for that one. Scream Six, number five, three point four million, brings us worldwide to one sixty one. That thing just keeps trickling. Another I was gonna say I, three to five every week.
1: I was gonna say. I, I know it's it's not make It's only making like three million a week now, but it's it's still there. It feels like it's just been forever. Trucking now since along, we man. It. Yeah, good for it. Honestly. <laughs>
0: And then just just real quick, 6 through 10, His Only Son, Creed 3, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, uh, 1,001, in Paint. Paint, number 10. Good for Paint. It opened in number 10. (laughs) Um, It did 570,000. My goodness, that's nothing. Holy cow. A drop in the bucket. But there is your lineup for 1 through 10. Not that I think we expect anything different. I guess I expected Marvel not to do so well, but that's I have my reasoning for that kind of. I have
2: baconators <laughs> to prove you wrong. <laughs>
0: yes, you have, yes, you don't have do, any reasons. Sir. You have biases. No, I think they're more. Re- I thought about that today a lot at work. I don't think it's more biases as much as there are reasons. But we'll get into that next week. I'm very excited yep. to chat with you, gentlemen, about that. True. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about some upcoming releases real quick. We've been over this uh, release schedule quite a bit recently, so we'll just go. Maybe maybe six to eight weeks. This past weekend. Well, this past holiday weekend. On Wednesday was air courting a legend on a wing and a prayer and Super Mario Brothers movie. And Paint, it was on Friday, April 7th. April 14th, Mafia Mama, The Pope's Exorcist, Renfeld, Suzumi, and Sweetwater. April twenty-one, Bo is Afraid, Chevalier, The Covenant, Evil Dead Rise to catch a killer. April twenty-eight, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Big George Foreman pause for the black demon and sisu <laughs> and then we'll go into may guardians of the galaxy volume three book club the next chapter on may 12th along with hypnotic and love again may 19th fast 10 may 26th where we'll stop about my father kandahar the little mermaid the machine and you hurt my feelings mermaid. so there we go there's a we, we've been over the release schedule quite a bit recently so i will I little like mermaid time on that one indeed Indeed, I have my I have my thoughts on that one too. But we'll, when we get closer to that one, we will have a discussion on that. Grayson hates Mer people. <laughs> you you <laughs> heard here hear first, people. All right, let's take a look at what's streaming this week. We are diving into the what Amazon is offering, and of course, my choice has to be what I thought the best picture movie should have been last year, Top Gun Maverick by director Joseph Kosinski, <clears throat> Tom Cruise, Jennifer Connelly, Miles Teller, Val Kilmer, John Hamm, Bahir Salahuddin, Charles Parner, Monica Barbaro, Lewis Pullman, Glenn Powell, Ed Harris, 2022. I think this is a damn good movie. It's a damn good sequel. I, I think it would have been a fine choice to represent American cinema for, well, can we, can we even say that anymore, American cinema, or is that more now a global thing?
2: It's global cinema. Mm-hmm. I I
0: think that would have been fine to represent global cinema for 2022. Uh, I really do think that. That's just it's a hell of a movie. It 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 does so many things right when so many movies just don't even get a few things right. It does everything right. So I'm glad you liked it. I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it it made a few pennies in the box office. I don't know. You know. Oh, it's a no, I should almost... just
2: watch this again a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, uh, I enjoy
0: it. It's awesome it a great is movie. A damn good movie another good one uh blue chips good choice roger by director william friedkin nick nolte mary mcdowell ed ed o'neill shaquille o'neill jt walsh 1994 tell us about this one so blue chips is
2: an older movie um obviously than some of our listeners here um <laughs> it uh it came out in 94 it's a basketball movie nick nolte's a coach who runs a, a fake college program at western university which is as generic of a name of a school as you can be but um he has his first losing season in like 25 years and goes out and gets some big-time recruits most of them illegally by like paying them or whatever and that's the story that runs through And it's a it's an interesting movie if you if you like basketball it's got like old school basketball players in it. Some of the best of all time, like Shaquille O'Neal's one of the big ones, he plays a guy named Neon Bordeaux, which is awesome. <laughs> like what a name that is. Um, he's got his partner in crime with the Orlando Magic, uh, Penny Hardaway and uh, um, Matt Nover, the other basketball player. So um, it's a really interesting story. Um, a lot of drama, a lot of like the underside shady side of basketball there with like bribing players and stuff like that mm-hmm. back before you could just pay the money so it's a good story uh well directed i like it a lot
0: that's a that's a good basketball movie too that's one that we don't talk about enough with sports movies but we that i think that's just for some reason not in the conversation but it should always should be it's a damn good movie uh and chris another good one smile by director parker finn sosi bacon jct usher kyle Gallner, caitlin stacy cal it's going to be Cal Penn, Rob Morgan, 2022.
1: Yeah, so I picked this one, and I know it's a recent film, uh, similar to Top Gun, but this was a really good, just creepy horror flick uh, after watching some downers uh, before Smile when we went to see it around that time. It's just a, it's generally creepy. It's got a great vibe to it if you want to watch something that's going to you know, kind of keep you at the edge of your seat. And later on that night, where when you look down your long hallway to your your dark bathroom, you think, Maybe I'll just wait because it definitely gives you the gives you the heebie-jeebies. I recommend it to my brother who was looking for a scary movie to watch because he doesn't watch them very often. He came back and said similar things where it would just it creeped him out. It's just it's, good. It's, it's a solid film. And I like the whole demons thing and the whole curse angle feels really good in the movie it makes a lot of sense. There's not too much about it that I didn't like and a lot to like from, you know, a modern horror film. Yep. And
0: I know that movie could have benefited from showing the trailer less because, I mean, we mm-hmm. all saw that same – we had to see that trailer at least 25 times. like oh, 100%. Le- legitimately, like, we saw it at least 25 or 30 times.
1: Yep. But, it I mean, it still – it did good. It made money at the box office, and it, it was talked about for a while. They they, they they had that unique marketing campaign where they had people in, like, actual baseball games and stuff <laughs> in the crowd, just sitting there, creepy smiling the whole time. So it was pretty cool. it was It, it was cool to see something like that.
0: Yep, it is, especially if you get those, that viral marketing to work. Mm-hmm. And it, it really does do wonders for your movie. It doesn't. Creepy. Creepy indeed. All right. So those you can check out if you have Amazon Prime. Those are free to watch. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, Blue Chips, and Smile. A kind of a different assortment there, but nonetheless, all great. Let's talk about some trailers, gentlemen. Now, I, I couldn't be more excited to talk about this one. I know that they, yeah. did, they, they did a teaser trailer months and months and months ago. I don't know why they did it so soon, but Extraction 2 is a movie that, if you remember, I raved and raved about as one of Netflix's best, hands down. It was it, At the time, it was one of its most viewed things ever on Netflix. Yep. I don't know if that statistic has changed, but uh, I'm very excited to see more of Tyler Rake uh, and more of these unedited fight scenes and that's all this trailer is pretty much is a very long fight scene of Tyler Wright just beating people to a pulp,
1: <laughs> which I think is a brilliant decision for a trailer because a, they, they picked the strong action scene, obviously with all the things that happen within, within this, <laughs> this trailer shot, but Fire. it also doesn't give away a ton of your movie. So you don't get like all these different scenes where sometimes people can see your trailers and kind of guess what's going to happen in your film by like the way like your three or four year, sometimes four of your trailers are cut. So I think it's a brilliant move for them to release this long list, like more of a long shot trailer. That way it holds, you know, the rest of their film together from being seen and kind of like, you know, broken down beforehand. I like that. I I think it's a good move.
2: Yep. I assume that extraction two has no story that it is just him going from areas of the world to fight people and shoot things. So, (laughs) and that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: hundred <laughs> percent.
0: I will, I will contest that saying it will have a story. Um, yeah, oh, that, that boy will be involved. Some, that that boy will be involved somehow. <clears throat> he's you know he's now emerged from the river of grief from his own loss, uh, and he's he's gonna dish out a world of payback. What what happened on? I think I think they're gonna try to reconnect it to. I think they're gonna keep going back to reconnecting to what happened on the bridge. I really do think, because they've already shown that in the teaser, so it's obviously important to them. But I, I do think it's going to all come back to what happened on the bridge. Wow. I hope it does. Cause that's a very that's a that was a beautifully cut together and crafted uh, sequence of events. I wonder yeah, if he but, survived getting shot in the neck.
1: Maybe it's possible.
0: I wonder if he survived.
1: or maybe maybe the whole, or maybe all of extraction two is just a fever dream before he dies. Just is his, his his body going comatose before he yep. dies?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But no, but in, in all seriousness, even like them showing the like the bridge and stuff, it's it's I think it's another way for them to show things from things you've already seen and not give too much of their movie away. I, I yep. just again, I think it's a it's all good decisions by them so far.
0: Hopefully, I mean the, the Russo brothers are. In, in, involved Sam Hargrave is, is back where he should be and and, and the director's seat. So I I, th- I think it'll be this will be one of Netflix's better movies, which mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of. Well, so, I was well, going to
2: say it's a bit disheartening. We have to wait all the way till
1: June before we watch a decent Netflix movie again. Yeah, but well, here's there's the thing there's be though stuff in
0: between, I'm sure. But
1: well, here's the thing though. I said Extraction, decent though. Extraction was one of the first Netflix films we watched, right? Because it was Triple Frontier and like maybe like one other, and then it was Extraction. Yeah. So this was yep. early on, and now we're you know foray into reviewing the Netflix films, Netflix that... originals anyway. Yep. Yeah. So like you know, it's been a long time coming for this one because that was one of the ones we liked early on. They had they had a couple strong films to begin with, and they've kind of shifted their focus to more like how much they can put out instead of the quality. And it's good to see like one of their quality films like before come back and look like it's going to be at least decent sure
0: i sure hope it is because the first one the bar the bar is super high i just hope that kept the bar as as high as it is and that's all that we can really ask for speaking of keeping the bar high let's talk about another movie spider-man across the spider-verse let's talk about this one for a second roger i going to let you take lead on this one because i think i we're all excited but i think you are like tingling at the fingertips to watch this movie
2: my Peter is tingling.
0: Fair enough, sir. Fair enough.
2: Is that inappropriate?
0: It's, I mean, it's not inappropriate. And it's and it's very accurate. So, mm. especially with this trailer, we're being many Peters on screen at once. So, um, I think that this movie will be good. I'm sorry, I can't even wait. This, 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 this was my. <laughs> This is gonna
2: look this this I'm fucking super pumped for this movie. Obviously, yeah, I, I don't want any more trailers. I like the first one. I like the second trailer here, which we really yep. get to to dive into some other stuff. And man, I am here for it. Uh Looks awesome. The um the added Spider-Man 2099 stuff and the mm-hmm. spot being the villain. Dude, come on now. Like, let's do it. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Just I, give it I, to I me mean, now, you cowards. Well, Miles Teller is such a strong character, especially from the first Spider Verse film. He's such a strong character. Miles
2: just... Morales. Miles Teller has a sweet oh, sorry. mustache and top. Sorry, Miles Morales. True.
0: I got stuck he's... on the Miles here. He's
1: got Miles Teller on the brain. <laughs>
0: Dude, I do. you what my brain.
1: <laughs> Wait at. and followed him on Instagram after
2: watching <laughs> Top Gun Maverick again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Miles Morales. Yes, uh, it was. It was a great game. It was a great follow up to the Spider Man game. Uh, but he's a good character, and what's what's more is he has a good. He has a great cast of characters with him, especially the, you know, the, the family and the other Spider-Man with him. I just, this is a recipe for success. And I, I'm glad that Sony has, Sony knows what they have in this and they're, and they're really, it looks like they're keeping the bar high because the the trailer, again, it it, it gives me hope that this movie is going to be f- like another 10 out of 10. Yep. I just hope it is. I just hope it is. That's well, all we can hope for is it's great. I do think it's hilarious that he's
2: getting a B in Spanish. <laughs> oh, so so does his mother. Yeah, yeah she think- thinks it's <laughs> fucking
0: hilarious. So does his mother? You are correct, sir. And let's changing gears a little bit. let's talk about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. For Hold on, did you look- just
1: us Cachao. He did. He I did Cachao. What
0: I did. happened? I want to ask you guys one question with this trailer. <laughs>
1: Boo.
0: So we've talked about the we've we where we're coming off of Indiana Jones Crystal Skull from 2008, a long time ago. Yep. It was 30. not well received, uh, and it was people were like, "What is this garbage?" And now we fast forward Fast forward um, many, many years later and we saw the first trailer didn't set the world on fire like it should have. Now, does this trailer give you give you two any more hope for this movie than the first? Trailer so did? I'm sorry. What did you
2: say about the Crystal Skull? Like it wasn't very good no. trash. Is that what yeah. you said? Uh, well, that's how I feel about this trailer. <laughs> so, dude, yes. like, come on, man. I, I, I'm, I I'm as, as big of an Indiana Jones guy as you could be, or at least I used to be. Look, if this story is good, obviously I'm going to have to watch it, right? Like, it's not a thing. If not a way I'll ever be able to avoid Indiana Jones, especially doing the show, or being me, I have no faith in this man. None. Zero. Nada. I expect it to be terrible, and I wish I didn't have to say that.
1: Yeah, so, uh, Grayson, you talk a, a lot of times about, how, like, you know, there's certain movies that we don't need or remakes that get made that, like, aren't necessary and, you know, all the, all that kind of stuff. I've never felt that sentiment so hard about this. I don't like, I, I, don't care about this movie at all. And nothing these trailers have done have, have swayed me at all on that. I don't think this is necessary. I'm uninterested in Indiana Jones already. And I'm not at all interested in what this film is going to be. I, I, like Roger said, I'm going to have to watch it. So that is what it is. If I didn't watch, if it wasn't on a movie podcast, I would never see this film. 100%, I, I hope it's good. Yep. Here's the thing: Same. out of
0: all, <clears throat> out of all three of us, you know, I'm the one that usually gets psyched for these sequels, right? I mean, that's that, that, that's fair to say, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not at all psyched for this whatsoever. So I think, Chris, what you just said, you hit the nail on the head. Is in, a, in, in 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 so many words, Indiana Jones as the as Indiana Jones existed in the trilogy should have stayed where it was in the time capsule. That mm-hmm. was perfect for for. Harrison Ford for the character of Indiana Jones. That's a nice little trilogy, you know, put it out on 4k. And then one day, whatever, eight K and then 16 K, whatever Whatever you're going to do. It's a nice little thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch those, those again one weekend with the, with the family or some friends, you know, it's just, that's, that's the thing is I think they made a mistake. And I, I just, that's my personal thing is I don't think there was ever meant to be more than three. So that's, that's just me. Yeah. I mean, well, like- now we got five.
1: I think I would, I think I would be more accepting if they had somebody that was like taking on the mantle of Indiana, uh, like instead of it being Harrison Ford. Honestly, I think that would be a little bit more interesting from someone like from my perspective. Because I just, I really don't, I can't see Harrison Ford as Indy anymore. I just can't. It Is just, it just too old? It, it feels forced. Too old. Been too long not interesting enough anymore of why he's still doing the thing. Like uh, there, there's a lot of things that I think bake into that. But okay. Just,
2: Serious he, question. Do you think he dies at the end? That would be I, kind of, I, poor I taste. do think so.
0: I, I do. And I, go, go ahead.
1: Why do you oh, think it'd be I, poor
2: taste, Chris? I,
1: I feel like it'd be in poor taste because out of the new star Wars films, the only one that's, that's regarded as any good is the one where Han dies. Right. The first one. Yeah. So it's almost like like it almost feels like then at that point like they're gonna kill off his character just to try to get some buzz around it or something I don't know it almost it almost doesn't feel like that's like the natural progression of indie you know what I mean yeah. I don't know
0: by the way there's been another trilogy of of Star Wars movies with Daisy Ridley at the helm again mm-hmm. I mean I don't know who's in charge of making these decisions but they don't like money so <laughs> um I. I would imagine he does die because Harrison Ford's like, this is the last one you get me for, and I want twenty million and I want to be done in three months. <laughs> so you better kill off the character because he's dying with me, or you're never gonna use him again. So I'll
2: be dead soon anyway. <laughs> <laughs> get off my plate. That's really fucked up, Grayson. I can't believe you said that.
0: I did not say that. No. I now you're it. literally I putting it. words in my mouth. All right, all right. I don't I would imagine that the indie faithful probably pretty excited for this, but Outside of that, what is now dwindling, you know, hardcore faithful fan base. I don't think many people even care about this. I'd even lose their dead, too. (laughs) It's true.
1: Dang.
0: Well, you know,
2: I think I made that same joke last time we talked about Indiana Jones.
0: Just so (laughs) let's I I think you did it. I'm pretty sure I did. (laughs) So let's just as a quick and then we'll move on is do you think this is a 100 million opening weekend?
2: No. Both domestic No, and, not even close.
0: Oh, uh, worldwide sure, it's, it's gonna it, be like seventy
2: million,
1: dude.
0: In international, I can see maybe like hundred and ten. You think like, Indiana oh,
1: Jones will make forty-five million its opening weekend?
0: It just depends on what it comes out against, and depends on what people are doing, and if people no, are still I, in the Spider I'm, Ro- you know? I'm
1: talking to Roger.
2: Like, you think you it's know it opens Fourth have- of July weekend, right? That's a big deal. Okay, okay, okay. okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it is, but. Not as so much as it used to be, though. It every year kind of goes down. In no, popularity. but it's, listen,
2: forty, saying forty-five million is—that's just you being I, that's
0: fair. <laughs> I just, I just don't. I just, I don't think people care. Listen, like, I, I already said this movie point.
2: shouldn't be made. I'm not stupid. It's going to make a little bit of money. Listen, I would be surprised though, legitimately, if it is profitable for Disney to make this film because it cost them like mm-hmm. three hundred million dollars. No. Yes, for real. Oh my god!
0: You no, know, it, it did. It did. They 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 said three hundred. Yeah, million like, plus. That,
2: that's for real. Like that's not a joke or an exaggeration. That's what this movie costs them. So we'll assume that that's their budget. Out, you know, I assume it has to clear four hundred for it to be profitable, and
0: I don't think it'll do it. I don't think it'll even. If your movie costs a hundred, if your movie costs three hundred million, you're gonna have to. You have to go close to five hundred million for it to be profitable. The amount of advertising they're gonna do for this movie, the closer it comes out, that's gonna be expensive. And it's opening with movies like Oppenheimer and. July's a pretty packed one. So, I mean, it's just, I don't, I just don't know, man. I mean, look, I was wrong about Mario so and I was way wrong about Mario. So
1: who knows? That's big of you to admit.
0: Well, I mean, look, the, look, the numbers don't lie. I was definitely wrong about Mario.
2: He can't, he can't work out of this one. He's like, yes, huh? I owe them
0: Baconators. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong about the money. I, I cannot possibly dispute that but other (laughs) things I can dispute. (laughs) Anyway, that's the stretch for next week, but all right. Trailers. Then if you want to watch them, extraction 2 Spider-Man across the spider verse, Indiana Jones, the dial of destiny, all available on our quick links on our social media to the YouTube. Check that out. Let's talk about a movie. Gentlemen,
1: if we could just a movie though,
0: just a movie singular. (laughs) Let's talk about dungeons and dragons. Honor among thieves. Dragon. Dungeons and Dwagons. Every, I-
1: every, every time you say Dwagon, all I picture is uh, Dragonite. So it's because he's the discount dragon, but whatever. Trogdor. <laughs> Trogdor! <laughs> Trog-
0: <laughs> Burninating the peasants. Yeah, we oh, remember. Oh, God. Homestar we, Runner and Trogdor. We are old. You know, actually, it's funny. Yes. The first, um, you remember that show I worked on Pittsburgh, Roger? One uh, Dollar? Yes, the show that we made like ten episodes for, and it got canceled after like three. Yep. Anyway, anyway, the the director of that actually he may he invented Trogdor, he invented Homestar Runner. That was his thing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no, what a fucking to claim you. to fame! I invented Trogdor because everybody's gonna be like, "The
2: fuck you did!" <laughs> right? <laughs> no one will ever believe him.
1: Well, there's no way you could prove it. Is I mean, there? You
2: probably could. I guess. Um, he's got like a fucking arm coming out of his neck. <laughs> Listen, how long can we talk about Trogdor before you get pissed off when we have to talk about the show?
0: I mean, look, there is a dragon in Dungeons & Dragons. so let's just there's, the dragon there's
2: a couple of dragons, I would argue. There are. There are. All right, let's, let's look at the it. tomato
0: meter, none and, of which are Trogdor. No, no, none of which. <laughs> yeah, give him an arm coming out of his neck for beefy measure there. Yeah, give him some winglings. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, You know, first, I haven't watched that in since like 2005. I'm going to watch it tonight.
1: It's it's not as good as you remember, but I did.
0: Is it not? But... Is it? You know what I do remember is, hi, my name is Trevor, and and then Home Star's like mm-hmm. or no, Trumbach's like, and 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 what? Then he goes on and goes, oh, they got him. Trevor's a vampire. They got him. <laughs> I remember that one. All right. Anyway, Dungeons and Dragons honorable <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the tomato meter. Hmm, yes, very respectable, ninety percent, and the audience score even more respectable at ninety four percent. Heck yeah. That's pretty good.
1: That is that's damn good, actually. That's uh, that's that's very high numbers. That's more than damn good. Yep, it's about as good as it gets for you know. I was going to say this... an audience. Uh, that's probably better than than what
0: than than Hasbro had hoped for when when mm-hmm. making this movie. But it's it's been in this particular movie has been in production hell for a long time. So, so it's, hold on. It's, I want to I want to say
2: something about the score real quick before we really get into the movie. So. It's got one of the highest Rotten Tomatoes scores we've seen in a while, which is great, right? Like, very happy, you know, to talk about this movie because I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. The, one, the one issue that I have with this is I've had multiple people again say, be like, wow, it's got like a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. That must be an awesome movie. And I have to tell people again, that's not what that means, okay? Yeah. It is not a scale from zero to 100 ranking this movie. It is a cumulative score of the percentage of people that gave it a positive review. Okay. Yep. And look, Dungeons and Dragons will be a great example of things going forward for me to use, right? Because I think this Dungeons and Dragons movie, and listen, I'm just gonna lay it out right now and then we'll really dig into it. I think this movie is very okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah does that, is that, do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, this movie is not a nine or a 9.4 out of 10. Okay. That is not what this scale means. All that means is if your scale was zero to 10, you gave it a six or higher. You know what I mean? Just so it's above average. Like that's what that score means. So this just so we're on the same page or anybody who hasn't heard me rant about Rotten Tomatoes before. OK,
0: well, Rotten Tomatoes isn't a terrible barometer, but it's, it's it is not. But it gives you nowhere an idea of what the actual
2: of. critics, you know, have an idea of what this, you know, how they've scored this movie. Well, but yeah, like I mean, like I said, like, if your is to five, that means you've given a two point five or higher to give it a positive review. That's all mm-hmm. that this means. It is not yeah. a nine out of ten, a four and a half out of five. It is not what that means.
1: I mean, the way that I feel like Rotten Tomatoes like falls into a good barometer for a film is if like pretend like the situation comes up with, like you and somebody else whether it be a friend or a girlfriend or whatever wants to go see a film but you don't have anything like that like really catches your eye but you don't want to go watch something bad you can pull up rotten tomatoes and say oh 70 per- this has got a 70 percent score or an 80 percent score that means most people most like- people think it's good so it's, think safe, it's OK. Yeah, yep. it's a safe bet for you to go see this film at that point. I think that's a good way to like utilize Rotten Tomatoes and it'd yep. be a fair shake for whatever you're going to try to figure out. The, the other good doesn't mean you're going to like it, but it means that most people do like the film. That way, you know, you don't walk into a complete shit show of a movie and, you yep. know, hate the two hours and the money you spent.
2: Yeah. The one thing that, um, with Rotten Tomatoes, too, is you do have to choose the divide. Do you want to go by the audience score? Or the critical score. Now, in this case, they line up fairly closely, which mm-hmm. is great. But yeah. we have seen some large gaps in movies lately, um, even movies that we consider to be over, overwhelmingly positive on the show mm-hmm. um, one way or the other for the audience score. So the audience score is the only one that can be swung by people review bombing, by the way. So
1: true.
0: That is very true. And I was going to make a make a point to say that, but also is. Next next week, there's the, the the movie has a massive divide, one of the bigger divides we, we we've ever seen, and it's it's going to be a good, it's going to be a very good conversation starter, Jermaine, to the movie that we're going to talk about. And I this this one I'm surprised is as high as both as 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 it is, but I think it deserves both of those numbers because it's it's a very very enjoyable movie. And then Roger yeah. and I were just were briefly chatting Chris before you got on, and. You know, I kind of agree with Roger Sessman. It is a it is one of the okayest movies of the year so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think so, the one the one thing this movie really excels at is and I mean really excels at is it makes n- like nerdy stuff like this, which is look, Dungeons and Dragons is like OG nerdy stuff, man. Like that's like comic book level, like nerd stuff. It makes it very accessible and very, you know, surface level enjoyable
1: for anyone. Yeah. yeah. The, the the movie is accessible to anybody that wants to see it. It is not meant for one audience or another, hundred percent. Which I think, so, is think that's the, that's a, the smartest that, thing they've done.
0: That's an achievement. I think that that's that's a very mm-hmm. good choice. You know, creatively. To always keep that in mind when crafting a movie like this. That's a very good choice. So, so Chris, th- I'm th-
2: actually I'm actually more excited to hear what Chris has to think about this movie than anybody here, um, because like I know how I feel about it, and obviously I've just told you some of it. Like I think it's very okay. It never does anything bad at all. It never does anything overly great. But like Chris is a big D and D guy, like he, he loves sure. this shit. So mm-hmm. um, I'm anxious to see, you know, how you uh, what you want to talk about today. So oh
1: oh, we'll talk about it because I went and saw this with my entire D and D family. So there were there were a wide range of opinions. There was uh, after movie dinner debates you know, heated and otherwise. So there was, there's a few things that go Who in Who wore a with shirt this. with a 20-sided dice on it? Uh, actually, that was me. I wore my hoodie that has a 20-sided <sighs> dice that, 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 that my mom, that my wife got for did. me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. At least one. <sighs> yeah, I, still that was me. My, I still have my, my leather, my leather, my very nice leather-bound bag of holding. Oh, that I sometimes use yeah. as a, as, a, as my work thing. Just yep. some people know it's like, oh, that's a sweet bag. Well, the first of all, those are not cheap. Those are very mm-hmm. expensive, and they're so, it's custom tailor made for gaming. So this I, was I, a
1: nutsack of a bull. <laughs> <laughs> so I have um I have two chests that I use at times that are that, that look like treasure chests, and one of them is a regular storage container for dice in it, and the other one is a mimic, and mm. I make the players choose from them sometimes to find out what the hell happens. So yeah. Yeah, ner- nerdy shit like that happens whenever you hang out with me. You're welcome.
0: Nerd.
1: <laughs> Nerd,
0: indeed. But So let's get into it. Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah. So let's look at some particulars, if we can. Gentlemen. Hey, Chris Pine's here. Chris Pine is beautiful. Chris Pine is definitely here.
2: No, he means you've mentioned the that
0: multiple times today. That's true. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't mentioned his butthole, Roger, because you I know that's I know we haven't got to the about.
2: discussion yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Careful. <laughs> All right. Steal my thunder here. <laughs> Chris Pine. Chris Pine leads the cast of Michelle Rodriguez, Regis Jean Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant, Jason Wong, Chloe Coleman, Daisy Head. Directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Written by Chris McCain, Michael Gallo. Roger, what Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves about?
2: It's about Dungeons, Dragons, and Thieves. <laughs>
0: astute you are my friend very astute i'm a wordsmith chris well i'm gonna chuck it over to you how would you describe <laughs> chris what's this movie, <laughs> this movie about well, so no, this is you know chris is, this is you know his thing so
1: so dungeons and dragons honor among thieves is a movie about a a blundering band of who you wouldn't expect to be the heroes of a film become the heroes of a film uh they are f- failures and flunkies you know for ba- you know lack of better terms and along, I like the, the alliteration, way, keep going. Yeah, yeah, Along the way, they find, you know, they find how to overcome obstacles with, you know, their various tools, and then eventually get to their goal, their various goals, whether it be to gain more power, to become more adept at what they're doing, or to liberate their own peoples, or to just bring back, bring a family back together again. So that's what it's about, actually, and it's all set in the wonderful world of D and D, Neverwinter, Forgotten Realms.
0: It's good. I mean, and again, if you're, it's not too, it's 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 nerdy, but it's not. It doesn't get too much in the weeds that you just. I can't do this anymore. Like, it's very, it's very <laughs> enjoyable movie. It really is.
1: So, so right away, something that they did very well in this film is that all of the nerdy call outs were subtle. A lot of the things that happen here that like the 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 D and D fan camp will appreciate are like small little witty lines of dialogue. That are basically th- almost throwaway lines that are done just so well to where, you know, they om- they're almost double entendre at times, and they're just there. Or they have something on screen that everyone's watching that is kind of a a call out towards the actual like the D and D crowd, but it's not done in a way that's like in your face. It's like pauses the camera on it and like where half of your audience will go ooh ah, and the other half will go okay, you know. What am That's I looking cool. at here? Yeah. yeah, it's like that kind of thing. Instead, it's like, you know, a good example is there are, you know, I'm going to nerd out for a second. There are displacer beasts in the maze scene and they don't ever like really like like drive home of what these things are or talk about what they are. They just show up and wreak havoc because they're terrifying things in the Dungeons and Dragons world. But, you know, they're just kind of here and they're doing their thing. And it's not they don't harp on it. They don't you know, stay on it too long. They don't highlight it. They just they're just, they're just there doing their thing which I think is a very good move by them, and that's littered throughout this film. So it's a very tactful way to pay homage, show appreciation, but not you know grind the movie to a halt for a specific sect of people that will alienate the rest of your audience. They do that a lot in this film in a very good way. Okay. So, yeah, and I, like, those, I, are I, the, I the, those are the call-outs you get. There
0: are some very clever ones, though, and some mm-hmm. that are kind of like, I think, trying to be too cheeky, if you ask mm-hmm. me.
1: Okay. So like so like define which one you think was too cheeky. Like give me an example.
0: Well, when they were when when they were kept when they were leaving the the the, the first escape, they're leaving the city and you could see the city in the background, they're riding the horses right before he sees the dragonfly. He mm-hmm. keeps talking about or maybe this I can't remember when it happens, but they they keep saying, Oh, but never winter, or we can go south to Baldur's Gate, or we can do all mm-hmm. these things. It's like it it it's that may have been a little too over the head.
1: OK, so like trying to so force like just,
0: things in to get people to real. So, I mean, I appreciate saying, that. But
1: well, so what you're saying, is like all these places, like like they don't matter to the average watcher, but like people will know what they are if like that are familiar with this, like the universe. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's a nice yeah. call out. But I, I think it's I mean, it's it's one of those things that reminds you you're definitely in a movie that is meant for okay. nerds. I got you. Um, another one that I thought was I thought I thought extremely clever was when they're having, they're kind of having a, an altercation, and he goes, Someone says, What's the plan? He goes, I'm the player. I'll just, I'll come up with a plan or I'll improvise. Cause that's what you do in DD. If mm-hmm. something happens, you gotta have it like, that's the whole or- orator, you know, v- side of that game is you just, once something goes wrong, you have to have another story ready to go spin a different way. You know, it's just, that's what I thought was really kind of cool. And I'm sure a lot of people didn't even pick up on that. If you weren't okay, yeah. aware of what D&D is, you may not have
1: picked up on that. Gotcha. So, Chris, how balanced was their team? Uh, Their team was decently balanced. Um, If you want to get nerdy about it, they're missing mm-hmm. they're missing like like the quintessential rogue. But the uh, okay. Chris Pine character kind of plays a jack of all. So trades he's kind of that. Yeah. Character, right. Yeah. He's he, he's filling like three different roles. He's rogue, thief and bard. Right. Yeah. 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 Basically in a nutshell. You know, it could have been you know a little more specialized, but you know whatever. We're not min max in here. No big deal. Mm, okay, first min max. <laughs> you can get real
0: nerdy talking about stats and <laughs> you know, rolling d twenties d- and absolutely. Yep. Um, yep. Twenties. That... Well, see, Chris Pine is it was going to be my, one of my first things I bring up because I think yeah. casting someone like Chris Pine is is a good move. Because... He, he uh,
1: He's just on right now, though. You know what I mean? Which oh, which a... is not which is not, not like a detriment to like the casting or anything or him. He's well, just no, but a he charismatic a guy. Yep. That's that. That's or,
0: what and that's or, what you need. Or, in that or does
2: well in roles where he has to be someone charismatic. Mm-hmm. I guess is a better way to say that. So yeah.
0: let, 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 let me ask you about though. Would just as a little side conversation right now, could Chris Hemsworth have pulled off that that character?
2: Not that character. No. no could not he not play bad. a role in this world? Sure. Mm-hmm. Could he have been Chris Pine? No.
0: Okay. Fair. Fair. I didn't think so either. I'm glad you guys didn't also think so. I think the reason why Chris Pond is so important as the as the leader of this is, you hit it right on the head, Roger, is he's got that kind of overwhelming charisma about him. And he just, you know, he was James Kirk, and he was all these other characters that, like, have also had to have been super charismatic to survive in their own universe. And one thing I wanted to, one of the few things I want to bring up is, is the, the the whole party composition thing is I don't know if you guys want to go any more on that about what the roles they were filling, but sure I thought, I thought that was pretty cool though too of how I mean if you know you know and if you don't you don't because there's no way anyone's gonna be able to explain that to you without you just knowing what we're talking about but I thought yeah. that was really cool though how they, I mean they had a mage they they had the bard you know it's just they had they the an roles incredibly filled, overpowered
1: yeah. paladin mm-hmm. yes, so. They the- did. So the incredibly (laughs) overpowered paladin was actually one of my one of my favorite touches in the film because because like in the game world, playing a lawful good character is a slog for either the person doing it or the people they play with because they have to follow like the rules. And that's like the number one thing that pulls it down. But they did a great job of like making this guy. I like the eye rolly good guy even to them. But like they wanted to hate him, but God damn it, they just couldn't because A, he was powerful and they needed him and B, because he was he was just such a good guy, which yep. I don't know. I appreciated that character. And I think that I would have liked a little bit more of him that was in the film. But the flourish that he was to the movie, I think, was actually like a good formula that they had going and having him around too long may have then taxed the joke. So uh, I'm okay with what they did, but I think a little bit more would have been good to have them in there, you know, like along those lines. But I I think it was great. I think it was a great piece of like, you know, the overpowered paladin and like kind of like rounding out the party for a little bit. I thought that was kind of cool. To get them through the toughest part, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, I thought it was interesting that when I first sat down for the movie, I said, oh, we're definitely and have an emotional scene with Chris Pine because that's one of the things he does very well. And of the many stories in this, of the many threads, you know, weaving their way through this movie, the one between father and daughter was unfortunately for me the weakest. Yeah, it's not very strong.
1: Yeah, it's not.
0: But but that, I don't I, mean again. Thinking back, I don't think it's meant to be super strong. It's not, it, that's not the movie. Well, so I
2: I think legitimately this movie, the the only real key is the kid is just a plot driver, right? Just to make them keep coming back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I think that besides the whole resurrection part of the movie, the kid is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, I don't think she really brings anything else to the table besides, you know, eventually setting her up to be a character in a
1: future developed world. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah um when you say the, the the when you say the res- the resurrection you mean the the tablet that the they tablet, have used okay, Yeah, the, the
2: tablet, tablet thing because he want you know he wants to bring his mom, his wife back and you know the kid doesn't care and you know you find out why you know, relatively early on in the movie mm-hmm. so yep. you know that's not i won't say much about it because it would be a little bit spoilery but you know it made sense to me immediately oh yeah it's,
1: so, we saw it like I, like we saw it coming from a mile away how this yeah, how it was going to break down absolutely right? you know
2: what I mean at, so. It's like so that's one thing you know I talk about this movie being okay right it's not overly predictable but at one point it is very predictable mm-hmm. is, is that a fair thing to say about this yeah, movie absolutely um, so I want to talk about uh, Justice Smith uh, Justice Smith character for just a yes. second because I, I think.
1: Uh, I love Justice Smith. I think he's so. Great. Yeah,
2: listen. I think he's a good actor. Um, mm-hmm. I think his role in this movie is kind of perfect for somebody with his mannerisms. Mm-hmm. You know, this dude that kind of has a little bit of talent, but doesn't yep. really, you know, kind of has to grow into it. I think he's a good person to play a role like that. I think he plays uh,
1: good characters when they f- they feel awkward in their own skin.
0: Yes,
2: because yep. he just must be an awkward dude. Maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> we just um, saw we just saw him in that one with a. Uh, Was that John Lithgow where there was people double-crossing everyone and everyone got double-crossed? Yeah, Yeah, him and Sebastian Stan.
2: I like that movie, though. Yeah. True. Um, But yeah, he also played somebody who was awkward. (laughs) Very much (laughs) so. Wasn't he also in
0: Detective Pikachu? Yes. He's the main character. He
2: is. No, Pikachu is the main character. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yeah, like I, I like his role. I like how he has to grow into it. I like how he like kind of develops his powers a little bit better when like he has to. And mm-hmm. I, I like that. I you know, that's something that is hard to pull off on screen a lot of times. And I, I like how they do it. I like how he gets extra time by you know tuning at a speed much more, where things are slowed down far more. I think that's an interesting concept to deal mm-hmm. with. So. Um, I, I liked his character. The character I don't know where they really fit is the the Wildling.
1: Yeah, the, t- lady, the, the Wild the shape. Tiefling. Sorry, tiefling. yeah.
2: Like, is she just as powerful as she needs to be?
1: <laughs> so I think she is. I think she's the only character that was kind of like anyone could have played her, and I think it would have been fine. I'm like I'm glad she, I'm glad she you know filled the role, and I'm and I think she did a good job. But like I think that's the character that kind of was the weakest for the story and why she was there. They needed somebody to be able to like shapeshift to get like in and out of things easy and do some cool stuff on screen. I think is the only reason why they wrote that character. And just wasn't a strong, you know, like, tie to that character. I don't think mm-hmm. so other than that though, you know, she's fine. I, I don't know. I, I I don't think that she was very vital to the success of the film. And I mean, in it's
2: honest. nice of the girl from it's still getting work. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause, right
2: it's that's not her bad, though same she's person, really good right? though
1: yeah you yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, I agree okay. she's really good for as young as she is she's pretty fantastic
1: yeah No, I agree I, with
2: all that. I just don't know if her character is important in this movie is that fair to say I mean it could have been played by just about anybody
0: I don't <sighs> well, know. The,
1: oh, that's but, what but, I mean but, though I I, I think know, anybody could have played fair.
0: it. yeah but like does it does that I mean anyone could have played any of these characters? No, no. There's probably a few people that could have gone Chris Chris Pine's character just as well as he did it. Maybe a few, but I mean, is that really part of the conversation that, I mean, character being unnecessary doesn't mean that the person playing him. No, no,
1: that's not what I'm saying. I think that's what Roger's saying. I'm saying that the character wasn't written well enough to where it mattered who played it. Yeah, she's was
2: forgettable and very generic.
1: Yeah, it's I not mean, it, it, it's not the actress's fault. It, I think it's just like, you know, the things that the character does in the film and the and the character wasn't written very well to where it you know where it mattered who'd played her, not that she didn't do a good job and that's why. So I will get super nerdy and say her backstory probably sucks as a DD character. <laughs> it kinda does. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. From like uh from again, from like a like, like a, a gaming standpoint all of their backstories are like super generic Soft, and I think right and, yeah. and that was like a, a big part of the joke side of things which it actually resonates pretty well you have the typical barbarian I've been exiled for my clan story which is every barbarian's backstory that plays sure D&D. of course yeah and then you have you know the the druid that's saving their 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 woodland home that's being encroached upon, blah blah blah. That's her, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's yep. And yeah. yep, yep. And you have the bumbling wizard that, you know, like all these things are like very generic style character backgrounds, which they did that on purpose. And it's it's actually pretty funny. Yeah, I was, like, was gonna say that,
0: that isn't that kind of the point of of the characters? I mean you don't do want to get too like I mean and 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 in crafting this movie, if 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 you're like if you're guys, okay, if you're sitting around a table in 2019 saying or 2020, 2021, you're saying, all right, this movie's been on. We've been we've been doing this dance now for 15 years. We have to write a script, and it's got to be appealing to everyone. Mm-hmm. Isn't the, Isn't the first thing you do is if you're going to go? I mean, you can't shy away from the whole class thing. So you just have to go as generic as you can to make
1: sure everyone recognizes what they are on screen. Well, maybe, but I don't think, I don't think that was the point of their backstories being generic. It's because it's because when when people play the game, they're supposed like the quote unquote, they're supposed to like have like these interesting backstories for their characters, but most people tend towards like these very generic like reasons why their characters are doing what they're doing instead of it being like for like some great reason or, you know, a very interesting well-thought-out thing. People just want to play the damn game, so they roll well, their stats and they want to go go go.
2: But yeah, it's like Zank the Paladin. The strongest yeah. person, his story fucking owns, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep, like his backstory is incredibly strong, mm-hmm. much like the character. Yeah. Weird, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get generic shapeshifter lady and her generic story, and mm-hmm. it's—I don't know, man. I just feel like she was as blah as it gets, and yeah. I don't—I don't—I I think her character is the weakest character in this movie. Well, yeah, next, to the, it, next to the kid, of course.
1: Yeah, but again, I think all of that is is by design, and I think it's it's almost a jab, like like a a friendly jab or joke towards like you know how this is when people play the game. Again, sure, a very that makes sense when you a, put it that way. A very subtle joke that the players of d can can appreciate, while other people won't notice it or won't care about it.
0: Okay, I mean, yeah, that's fair. I guess I still think the ultimate purpose was to make him the character and backstory is generic, so people that's conversation starter i mean that's just i think you said it when you're saying i think you said it in your reasons why not to do it is that's why they did it is because everyone can identify any nerd who's ever done any video games can identify with several of those characters oh yes
2: uh, i'm a a woodland hero shapeshifter my home you know what i mean that's why i joined this party no (laughs) i i listen when chris lays it out like that like that i at least understand like yeah, fuck. They just looked up something about a shapeshifter right before they walked into the D d into the board and go, all right, let's talk about characters. <laughs> let's lay it out.
1: Well, like and, and to your point, Grayson, I think it could even serve a dual purpose. It doesn't have to be one or an or the other. It could be, you know, hey, you know, let's kind of make these characters generic and, and, and relatable. And then someone goes, actually. Let's make them super generic because that's what people do all the time when, when they play Dungeons and Dragons, right? And they're like, "Yeah," and then like they just kind of lean into it. It can be both; it doesn't have to be one or the other. You know, I, I think it can serve a dual purpose. I, I'll say the one
0: last thing I want to I want to say about this, I mean you guys can you know I chime in on <laughs> what your last point on the characters thing is, though. Is I mean that's kind of the the whole cheeky part of the movie, where I mean it's the whole thing kind of a I don't want to say it's a joke, but it's it's kind of a f- meant to be a fun ride. Oh yeah, not be too serious and taken too seriously. Oh yeah, and I think that's why it works so well is though that exact reason.
1: I mean, I mean, you have you have you have chubby dragon, so yeah, (laughs) hundred percent.
0: Chubby dragon who rolls down the. I thought that was great. It's more of a slide. (laughs) No, he (laughs) he literally rolls. (laughs) He he does roll, (laughs) and somehow chubby dragon survives a sword to the to to the head.
1: dragon skulls are very thick, dog. It's fine. I mean,
0: sure, fine, okay. Maybe talk about nerdy stuff right little. there. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what else? What else, Chris? Lead lead us in this discussion
1: in this D and D movie. Uh, um. So I mean, I mean, as you go through the story with these characters, it is fun, right? You said it already. The story's fun enough. You know, the story is like you can you can understand why each character has a motivation. It's very easy to understand. The story is a good ride all the way through they get into some trouble they have the usual you know oh well we're gonna go our separate ways fight but then they come back together all these things happen some of the most interesting parts of this film are happening as they're like m- getting their plan together or executing like executing their plan i love the scene where like the heist scene in this movie is is i think is fantastic i like the use of like the mirror and like the wand that they find along the way, I th- thought that was very interesting and very cool to see on screen. Which is a clever. Like he found his
2: own fucking portal gun.
1: Yeah, right. So, and like, and like, and like, that's something that that this something else that happens when you play these games is that you find items that have special properties that are meant for something, and characters because you know the players don't know what the intentions of all these things are all the time, and they find it in like insanely creative ways to use them that the person running the game never intended. The fact that this portal gun is used to like skip like wide gaps and crevices is a very obvious way to use it. The unobvious way is to put it into a painting is, is like to use it on a painting and get into a wagon with it. That is not meant f- you know, for that in like a thought process way, but that's what players do when they play this game. That's so it's a clever also, idea, right? It is an awesome, and That felt very good. Like it has someone who's played these games. The best scene that kind of shows this off in this film is when they're, which is also in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything, is when they go to the graveyard and resurrect the dead guys. Yeah. Right? So this is something that I was actually laughing at because I run a lot of games whenever I play Dungeons & Dragons. So I'm the one that are giving puzzles to solve and special items that do cool things that players can use one time, blah, blah, blah. This scene where they resurrect this guy ask him the four questions on accident and he just dies and they can't they can't talk to him again and he, when chris pine goes you know oh get me the shovel and they go find another body that that is exactly what would happen at a at a game table, at a of table. people playing this game they would like the, the 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 dungeon master the game master has that one item and thinks okay they can use this one time and they can ask some questions cool and then they completely waste it in a hilarious way, and they go, "Can I do it again?" And you just go, "Yeah, sure, whatever." And then they're just digging up corpses until they figure out what they need to figure out, and that hits the nail on the gaming head so hard that I appreciate it and I laughed out loud in the theater. I thought that was great. That was I fantastic. did like when they're
2: walking away from the last guy and he and just leave him like... there, one hundred
1: percent. Yep. No, he's just like shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's exactly what people would do when they play this game. And I think that that was such a well-crafted scene that was for the players, but was also hilarious to people who have no idea. So it worked both ways, and I think it's one of the strongest scenes. Comedically, it was spoiled in the trailer, and it was still funny somehow. And it just resonates with people that play this game. I appreciated that scene more. Well, than I, I think
2: any they did one. the right thing by showing you the corny side in the trailer, and mm-hmm. then the actual funny stuff is later on with other other people. In that, yeah, side. exactly. So yeah. I think that's good. There, I think they did that right.
1: Yep, that's yeah, good I, trailer work. It is. It is. It, it's a way to use your trailer to when, when you know you have a strong scene but not r- like ruin the whole thing. So, I don't know. That was a good one. And, you know, the the big magic fight you have at the end was okay. The CGI is kind of off in this film, but it doesn't have an unlimited budget either, so I can kind of forgive it. Uh, whereas, I did have some problems with some of the CGI. Uh, Chubby Dwagon is absolutely the part where people that... That, 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 that was not for d players. Uh, Chubby Dwagon was absolutely the, the point of contention with like with my family group that went and saw this film.
2: Can, Most, can I ask
1: you if you could explain it quickly? Why? It just doesn't happen. Right. So like this is something that that doesn't happen at gaming tables. It doesn't happen like within the book lore. It's not something that is ever seen ever. And it was done as a as something that was that's fits the tone of this film it's something funny and off the wall and I can appreciate it at that sense. But mm-hmm. dragons are like the ultimate or one of the biggest challenges within the gaming world for for Dungeons and Dragons. It's in the okay. title. And like it is. these are these are these huge monstrous foes that strike fear in anyone who goes against them. Blah, blah, blah. Nerdy stuff. And to have the one that the one that we really interact with in this movie be this literal joke of a dragon it kind of stung a little bit. You know what I mean? Like that, like the, that, that could have been a really cool moment, but instead it's, it's kind of deflated as we have this inflated dragon rolling, literally lo- rolling around and, you know, not able to do the dragon things. So <laughs> but I get things. why, I get why it'd be entertaining, but it was definitely a part that was tough for us, you know, as a okay. gaming family to see. Well, it makes sense. I guess I, you know, I've never played
2: at a table, so I don't, mm-hmm. I, I know some of the stuff just, for other dork things that have blended into my life um, <laughs> yeah, I, get you, I get you i i wondered what the when you said it was a point of contention i was like i don't okay i mean yeah it's comedic value on there so i at least I understand that but mm-hmm. you know from somebody who's not really into this like, okay i see why people would be bothered by that the way you
0: explained yeah.
1: it so thank you yeah you're welcome yeah
0: i'm not quite sure i see it that way i'm i think i see that as more of a positive for the movie of Well, it depends because someone who doesn't know Dungeons & Dragons isn't going to understand why the dragon's rolling down, why it's so fat, like why it's rolling. I don't think – that's one of the things that I think kind of fell flat. Even though I love Chubby Dragon, I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. But I I don't – I think it kind of – because it doesn't – so with the people who don't know what Dungeons & Dragons is, they don't understand why Chubby Dragon wasn't cooler. And people who know what Dungeons & Dragons is, they're disappointed that Chubby Dragon wasn't lean – Slim Dragon who flies around and does cool dragon things. Mm, yeah. Dragon. So I mean, they, but isn't that kind of on par with the movie though? The rest of it. No. Wise. I, th-
1: I think that that was the one thing that they sh- that they probably shouldn't have like gone that far with. And I think I think it was that a little it did too line- generic. Maybe. Yeah. I, I I think it didn't line up with the tone. Like, I think that the movie does a good job of like walking that line of you know like a perfect amount of joke to. Seriousness, quote unquote, ratio, without like you know, without offending either side. When offending is the wrong word to use, don't get me wrong. But the the the, the dragon could have been any other f- overweight fat creature. It didn't have to be a dragon. It had right? to be a dragon. Yeah, it could have been Wait, just. Did a it have ju- to
2: be there just because it's Dungeons and Dragons? Though they, I mean,
1: they showed a dragon. And and here's the thing: if you say, well, it's Dungeons and Dragons, I have to have a dragon in it you know, like for them to interact with, they didn't have to make that, the joke part then, you know, they didn't take it seriously. Okay, yeah. But no, yeah. I get that. Yeah. yeah they I didn't, they, they didn't take it seriously, even though they, they had to put a dragon in there, you know what I mean? So that, that, okay,
0: I, so fair. Okay. I, I've, I've, I've a question for you, Chris, a, a very fair yeah. question. I, I think opening and closing the movie with Jonathan, that <laughs> yeah. kind of, but like, that kind of tells you what you're getting. How can you have anything but what we got when we have that opening scene with, we get the backstory, but oh, is Jonathan around? He, you know, I think he would resonate in my story, and then he, then he tells more of the story, and then tries to go back, and like, no, you went too far back. Go mm-hmm. forward. We need to get this done. And mm-hmm. then they use John, Jonathan to fly out the window, and that one shrieking Jonathan, what are you doing? Like, that's what do you? I mean, outside of what we got in the movie, I'm not sure that opening scene kind of allows for anything else than just a silly bumpy ride that kind of has all these elements we're talking about, right?
1: Again, a silly bumpy ride is okay. I was I was on board at the silly bumpy ride. I'm just saying that chubby dragon was the one thing that could have been anything but a dragon. It could have been a giant slug, a giant larva, it could have been a giant troll, a It'll really fair, fat fair. troll, it could have been anything. Also, the opening scene with them with their prison break is also a inside joke towards people that play Dungeons and Dragons. So it works okay. for that because at the very end He's uh the the tri- the like the trial that has him, like the people that are running it, the council, they say after he jumps out the window with Jonathan, they go, But we were gonna let you go anyway. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's exactly that's again like the prison break scene is a common start for a lot of D and D campaigns. And usually it's gonna. It doesn't have to be a prison break. It's gonna be like you know. Okay, you know, you're all in this place, and you know, we're gonna let you go. You know, at the end of this month, blah blah blah. But for some reason, characters immediately think they have to break out of prison if they're in prison, not like talk their way out, not <laughs> prove anything. So it's like that itself was a play on the whole you know D and D joke, where like they, you know, they, he tells this you're great. Heart- ask a
2: couple of questions and left.
1: Yeah, yeah, like like he tells this great heartfelt story, blah blah blah, and then like they're gonna let him go, but. He has this plan to break out of prison for some reason, so that's what he does. Even though they're going to let him go anyway, that's also a kind of a jab at that you know that that player base thing, and in in, in in a good way, like like a joking way. Why do you think
0: they? Why can I can I ask why? Just as a little side question, why are these things so tropey? Why do people keep doing
1: them in Dungeons of Dragons if they're so tropey? Because being creative isn't easy and it doesn't come to everybody, but people like to get together and play games together, board games, okay. whatever you have you. So when you get people together that like create these characters and dive into these messes, it's hard to really nail down like something that everyone's gonna get all the time. You have a usually have like four to eight people playing this game, and you have to make things you know, interesting and all this kind of stuff, and put and people make decisions. And sometimes people don't make like you know the best decisions. They seem like good ideas at the time. Uh, they seem necessary, and they're not. So all these things happen naturally when you play this game. So I think that's that. That's why you have that. It's hard to be creative. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody can do it all the time. And D and D it forces people to try to be creative in a very positive way. And you just, you just run into situations like that. And it's easy to be the barbarian who's been exiled from your clan instead of the barbarian that, you know, you know, had to lead a rebellion against their clan and is now the leader, but had to kill half your clan. And now you need to go out and get supplies for them. And you've championed yourself since you were the one that led the rebellion and you'll come back with what your clan needs. You know what I mean? It's not easy to kind of like, just nail down a good story, and not everybody can do it, and that's okay. Do you think that this movie does an okay job with that? I do. I think it does an okay job with that because it understands where its own tropes lie, and it mm. doesn't make people feel bad for them. It leans into them and makes them a positive part of the movie. Okay. Most of the people that I've talked to that have seen this, that like that I've that I've gamed with, or I know that are you know D and D gamers and things like that, have all spoken very positively of the little things that or a part of the movie that they could appreciate. Some were pointed out to me that I didn't even catch. You know what I mean? Because again, the game of Dungeons and Dragons is all about perspectives and all about your own experiences with it. And they've done a very good job of finding the, what what is the, the pulse of their crowd and gave them something that they can all kind of relate to whilst, while also relating to an audience that doesn't get it at all and doesn't have to get it because the movie is at least funny and fun it has fun characters in it all along the way, so I think they did a good job with it. Hundred percent. Cool.
0: I think they did a good job as they probably could have with a first mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons movie. Is this yeah, the first? Because... Have there been there? Have there been other theatrical ones?
1: Yeah. So my whole reason for being apprehensive was the one that happened twenty years ago, which is abysmal. We don't speak of that. It never happened. It doesn't. Uh-huh. It doesn't exist.
0: Hold on. Hold on. As bad as Super Mario Brothers in '93 with Leguizamo and Bob if... Bob Hoskins. <laughs>
1: no but <laughs> wow but but ever so slightly above it <laughs> be only because it had cool dragons in it there
0: like there. that's the only reason why interesting it does.
1: because that mario movie didn't have anything in it that was mario you know what i mean where at least the dungeons and dragons movie from 20 years ago had some dragons in it had a were, dragon cool and they weren't chubby dragons chubby dragon. So yeah, but it's yeah that one from twenty years ago was rough. I don't recommend it to anybody. I will and I never will. Well, now of course
0: I have to go check that out because if you want to watch
1: how, yeah, if you want to watch the how to not do this movie, watch that. If you want to watch how to do this right, watch the new one.
0: Okay, well, okay. Here's a then. Do you think we get a sequel to this, or at least a continuation some sort of this? Did it
1: make a ton of money? Uh, It made one hundred thirty ish, something like that. Not Man. not a ton,
2: but they would. I bet you they consider this a success. Oh
1: yeah, I think we get another one because the beauty of what the gaming world is for Dungeons and Dragons is that you can always do it again. You know what I mean? It's always an open. It, there's always something that brings the group back together. There's always something that gets you into that tavern that tells a story and pulls you into a dra- to a, like you know finding the dragon's cave. That's sure. just how that works. And the movie was successful. It was. Critically successful, it was successful by all the audiences that have seen it, and it made money. So there's no reason that they won't do another one, and they can absolutely do it with the with the cast that they have.
0: I think so. I mean, I th- I would imagine
1: I would love to watch a second one.
0: I really enjoyed watching this movie, and um, let's talk about Hugh Grant for a second. Whoa, hold, on, hold, on, the, hold
1: on, hold on, okay. just to finish that point. They also introduced Neverwinter. They also talked about the Underdark. They also talked about Baldur's Gate. So they've, they've already kind of like made you familiar with all the places that they can go, which leads easily into a sequel.
0: Which is, I wondered why they dropped so many names in the beginning mm-hmm. like that. I thought they were going to,
1: I thought this is definitely
0: built for a sequel. Well, if it there's
2: nothing money. wrong with having a little bit of fan service, right?
1: Yeah, and it's not even fan service. It's just it's just world building. I I I would think that you Grayson would appreciate like a movie that takes the time to do a little bit of world building, whether it be just be through call outs or, or what you know what have you.
0: Oh, I definitely do. But to never to never actually visit them in any way again, mm-hmm. that's why I think it's a crime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is to is to just do it to score points, but never actually reference or or do anything with them again. That's I what I think is the cheap you know way to. I guess until
1: it. I guess until movie two,
0: Ooh. <laughs> I really hope we we I really hope we get a movie two, yeah. Uh, yeah gotcha. But more about movie one. What did what did you think about the Hugh Grant's character? Hugh Grant's um,
1: character was the only one that I felt was like generically written, like in like the bad way. And I don't know if it it was because of the way his he was directed, or if it was just because like the characters, the obvious bad guy from the start. You know what I mean, kind of thing. So I think his jokes and his timing felt very like, you know, hey, you know, do something funny. And then he does something funny. Like, yep, that's what we needed. And like, you go yep. to the next thing. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like. But Can I think we talk he's about
2: the best character in this movie? Little tiny
1: Bradley Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys that he was in it so bad, but I didn't want to give it away. <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> I think he was absolutely hilarious in what they did with him, 100%.
2: Dude, when she reaches down and touches his little face, <laughs> it's
0: like, oh my god! No, again, that good. that just that just lends to the cheesiness of this whole thing that makes the movie mm-hmm. work so well is the lighthearted, like almost yep. like kind of a joke amongst itself, and, and
1: you find out that they didn't that they they didn't not work because you know because he apparently he wasn't as in- into big tall girls as as he thought he was. It was you know because his his new girl is you know, a lot like you, know, a lot, yeah, a lot very like her. similar. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, they, they did a good job of making sure like, you know, the girl that he replaces her with, you know, is similar to her in that, in that regard. I thought that was funny. And that was actually in, in, in positive taste. I liked that actually. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I laughed when he showed up and he was he was a a halfling. He was a halfling, right? It took me a a
0: second to like, it's like, is that really Bradley Cooper? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like I I didn't
1: I didn't think it was him for a second. I'm just like, holy shit, it really is. him. I had to double take as well. Hundred percent.
0: Because you can like tell by the way, his his mouth and like kind of his facial features. You could definitely tell like It's his
1: smile. It's it's very unique to him.
0: It is very much. I was like, ah, that can't be Bradley Cooper. And like, "It it is Bradley Cooper. But it is
1: even great, though. It's.
0: And and something I want to talk about that we're talking about like caricatures of characters is a, uh, um, Rod- uh, Rodriguez Michelle Rod Rodriguez's yeah. character is generic uh, she's, barbarian. She's the other part of this of the Chris Pine like great casting mm-hmm. that also
1: very much works. No, I agree. I, I can't I can't think of too many other women that could have played this part better than her. I think she was perfectly for the for the barbarian outcast girl, you know what I mean? I think I think it was perfect. I, I think she did a great job with it, too. She was
0: cast so perfectly. I'm actually upset how the movie played out and didn't give her the scene in the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm actually kind of a, I, don't, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm I'm kind of I was really hoping it wouldn't because it almost would like, oh, that's a perfect ending for that character and then something happens to undo it, but it just I just thought like, oh, okay, this is great and then it kind of just loses all the tension, but Again, you can't really end can't it as on a serious you, note. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you but, I mean, you, you, you
1: knew that's where it was going.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it, it... like
2: I said, for some of this movie, like it's not super predictable except until it is, and then it's like, oh yeah, super predictable.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Listen, I don't I don't think that I don't mean that as like it's a terrible blight of on the movie itself, it's not. but you you see it coming. I yeah. mean, if you've watched any movie, ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> yep so. but yeah, that's not a bad thing though it's no, just, I, 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 no it's it's listen it is it definitely fits in this world at least mm-hmm.
0: so it does it, it definitely well i mean it kind of has to too because it i mean, this this movie could have been a whole lot worse too it
1: could have been i've seen it, it happened 20 <laughs> years ago
0: and you're, I, I know, Chris. You were. That's why you were so apprehensive going into it. Is like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to see this. And then I'm not getting thank like this for another twenty. That's how I feel about King King Arthur. Truth be told, is mm-hmm. every you know five or six years we get a King Arthur movie, and it's like, ah, oh, that's bad again. Now we're not yeah. stealing for another five or six years, seven years. God damn it! That's a great legend. And I, I Dungeons and Dragons, is like people love this game. And I know that when I like people still buy those big campaign books. Oh yeah. That has like character descriptions and like what you're doing in a campaign. Like these books are massive books. I see them. Uh, I, I go to a, I go to a place when I'm home in Washington to play magic. Is um mm-hmm. the gaming dungeon in Washington, and they have a ton of stuff there. Oh, yeah. that is uh, like all. D and like people he's like people are loyal customers they come in here every you know two or three nights a week they just play and i let them just have a good time and mm-hmm. they pack up their stuff and they leave and it's like they don't leave a mess i'm like oh well that's the a shopkeep. that's you know all you can really ask for but i've seen some of those some of those games get pretty intense
1: oh yeah i mean like i said i've been it's been a part of my life since i was like nine years old or something and all right you know, so let's
2: talk about important stuff here yeah chris what kind of character do you play
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i have the unfortunate or fortunate you know role if you want to say it of, uh, generally dungeon master i understand i yeah yeah i am i am i am never the character i'm always the i'm always the game master everyone has mm. that person in the group um i got you the the few times i've been able to play i am usually uh something that's kind of like off the wall different and i care more about like the backstory and the role play aspect than i do like the combat side of things so, okay Yep, it, it's all about flavor for me. my My favorite character that I've played has been a captain who um, who refused to fight himself and uh, and only helped his allies fight better. So,
2: hmm. yeah, interesting. All right, what kind of character is Grayson Maxwell?
0: What do you guys think I am when I when I played this <laughs> bard? No, he's not a no. bard. A bard's too cool for me.
1: Now you hide in the shadows, and you definitely you're definitely the rogue, is what you are. Oddly you enough, like... I'm not. No, I was gonna say I well, I fig I figured you would like to be multifaceted and useful to the group is why I, f- I felt that. Nope, way. I am usually a knight or paladin. Oh, that makes sense too. Yeah, hero yeah. syndrome. You gotcha.
0: Oh um. my goodness, it's not hero syndrome. <laughs> it it's what it is. <laughs> no, I I I we for a brief time in middle school, my buddies Mike Clemens and Zach Mudge. And several of them, like my my brother and some neighborhood kids, we were obsessed with Dungeons & Dragons for like a year. We weren't any good. Mm-hmm. We just – we kind of didn't know the rules proper. We didn't have a book or anything. But we just – we kind of made it up as we went. But we had some really cool campaigns that, like, mm-hmm. I still remember to this day of, you know, one, one uh, the, the DM, Michael. He was always very detailed because he was the writer in the group and he was the reader and the writer. And, man, he was super detailed. But I was always a knight. I mean, it's – I mean, why would you not want to be a knight or
1: paladin? i mean there's there's a lot of gaming reasons, but no it it it's sure, it's what I understand you it's, that, but... it's what you see that character and and it's all about immersing yourself in in that world and telling a story so Roger, with your brief knowledge what would what do you think you would be Necromancer nice, I knew that was coming
0: <laughs> see let me okay chris, let me ask you this because I never really got too yeah. into
1: it. What are the rules
0: no, I don't mean like give me all the rules like on the spin down <laughs> right I mean like okay so. Roger chooses necromancer. Yeah. So can he just raise the dead to fight for him in in any situation?
1: Not in any situation. Not any. He would be he would be limited uh, to his resources and how many times per day he can do things. The stronger you get, the more often you can do it. Essentially, is how that works with that class.
0: That's fair. Okay. So so, yeah. it's
1: like... so d- d- just like with yeah. a knight or a paladin, you can only call upon the power of of your of your god or deity so many times in in, in a given day or a setting. Interesting. So yeah, it's it's very similar that way. Um it, they usually use a resource system that way. I'd be happy to to throw a game for you guys, uh do a one shot anytime you guys want to. <laughs> Good.
0: We should film it too. We should put it up on the on the on the YouTube <laughs> just live stream it. <laughs> Roger gets well, up and just slaps the game Is it bullshit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> I why do you three. think it would be me?
0: I'm very clever, motherfucker. <laughs> and calm. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Yeah, I'm not calm. I, I, no. I, I wanted to specify calm. I, I can't be clever, but I can get uppity quickly. We all know that. <laughs> yes. I, will reference, I will reference a uh, Halloween kills epi- or Halloween ends episode where I you know, but uh, I really enjoy stuff like this. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to linger on it, Roger G. <laughs> I just wanted to laugh. Um, I do like movies like this, and I, I really do hope we keep getting more stuff in this kind of adapting board games and video games and all the like because there's i mean i do think that there's some really great things really good material out there to tell very clever fun movies that are a great departure from the things like we have marvel syndrome real bad right now we have superhero syndrome real bad right now and we kind of need to get away from that and i think we're going to get away from it because everything they make sucks so i mean we're just gonna just by sheer virtue of no one watching it anymore what i mean am i wrong uh no, you no. are not
1: correct by the way you f- you phrased that. I know what you meant by it, but Fine. Okay, ev- fair. Ev- everything that Marvel makes does not suck in No, Earth
0: but Nets. for the for they've for for
1: about a year now, maybe
0: two years now, it, it's been on a dec- they're on, steady downward decline. They're
1: on they're on a tough streak. I agree with that 100%. Mm.
0: But we could use more more cool stuff like this. It just kind of it takes people out of their element of just watching, you know, car chases and Superheroes and putting them into a different kind of superhero, I guess, is yeah. Could you could, could you consider
1: Dungeons and Dragons a superhero movie? Ah, uh, I don't think with so. The, it, with,
0: it, with 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 any kind of argument, I think I mean, it's an adventure yeah, movie.
1: Yeah, you can make the argument, you know, that it's it's you know it, it could be considered like a superhero flick if you wanted to like you know twist it and get the argument to go a certain way. But in the end, this is this is a fan, an adventure fantasy movie is what this is. All
0: right, fair enough, fair and
1: that fits it well. So being that
0: as it is, an adventure fantasy movie, let's rate, let's move mm-hmm. to rate this adventure fantasy let's movie. Let's do it. Let's say you. All right, who wants to go first? Chris, would you like okay. the honors, or do you, do you want to go last? I think I'll go last, this one. I'll, I'll go first. Um,
2: so I, I basically told everybody about how I felt about this movie about 20 seconds into us talking about it. Um, this movie, to me, is okay at everything that it does. All right? I don't think it's ever super great at anything and I don't think at any point is it really bad at anything which it feels weird that I have to premise movie a movie like that but I think that that's high praise for something that could have went fucking sideways right <laughs> this movie could have went like this has been an abject disaster and this movie is not that now that being said like listen, this is not some sort of cinematic masterpiece here um I think everything they do works in the, the small scope of a large world that uh, they open up. I think everything that they do works out, like I said, except for the one point where it's predictably predictable. I enjoyed this movie. Um, I think that it's about a six and a half. Um, I don't think I could ever really say it would be much higher than that i think the idea of bringing relatable characters in the way chris explained it like it kind of my eyes a little bit i understand that and i I think it works pretty well here so uh six and a half is where i stand
0: okay i'll go i i really enjoyed this movie quite a bit from what from i laughed several times i was i was really kind of into it when it ended i was like oh it's been longer than 15 minutes I, i didn't the time had just flown by i liked the casting a lot i thought the casting was very clever in what they did with especially with uh Rodriguez and Chris Pine and even Justice Smith and some of the others, I, I thought that was really cool. It was great to see Hugh Grant in the role that he was in. Although, I mean, I didn't, I don't think he was particularly strong as a as a character and or villain, mm-hmm. but I, I'm willing to forgive that. But I, this this movie surprised the heck out of me. It really did. I I would even go one step further, Roger. I'm going to give this a seven. Ooh, all right. This is a damn good time in a movie theater, even if for 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 those who have vast knowledge of D and D and those who know nothing about D and D, it's this is the middle ground for you. You can you can enjoy it from wh- wherever you're coming from. It's it's a it's a damn it's a, it's a damn fun, damn enjoyable, well-written, clever movie.
1: Hmm. OK, so this is interesting, The more I've talked about this film, whether it be to friends or family that have asked me about it uh, to my family talking about it right after the film. where we got Chinese and debated if the movie was actually good or not. What'd you get from
2: the Chinese food place?
1: Uh, I got general sores. It was a buffet, but I mainly get the general mm. sores and anything crab I can find, even though it's fake crab. Quab.
0: Wait, wait, hold on. Which one did you go to? One of the on the other side of the mall.
1: No, no, no. We went to the one that's uh, by the Respects and Burger King. In
2: after you watched
1: a movie about dragons and you Wagon. ate some crab. Yes, Wab. that's what I did. Stop it. Anyway, um, so the more I talk about this, I can't film, help it. The more, the more I like it. Actually, like the things that I'm reminded about, and as that's I that's good, in- man. And as I dig into the reasons why I think the movie was a good film for the for the for the fans, it, it keeps on earning more and more just points in my book you know, like, like underneath. This movie is fun. Anybody can watch it. People that you know that do like the game itself before the movie, you know, you, you have a lot here to see that you'll appreciate. Things that if you look for them, you'll find them. Things if you don't look for them, you're still gonna see them. And I do appreciate what they did with it i think the casting's good and it's a fun ride the cgi is a little rough um at, at some times it just didn't have the budget for it i imagine so i i can forgive it for that because it didn't have an unlimited budget to work with this movie's good uh i, I think i'm also going to give it a seven alongside of grayson the movie is fun i had a great time i think anybody can see this movie and go huh all right that wasn't a bad film and that's strong nowadays because it's easy to have a bad film so yeah i give it a seven
0: Nice. This, this could have gone sideways so easily. Oh, yeah.
1: so, I was just, ready to. I, I I was afraid to trust it.
2: So. so Chris was kind of dreading this movie for
1: a while mm-hmm. just so, you know, full disclosure he was worried about it. Yeah, I, I didn't even want to talk about it. <laughs> like I was afraid to see this film and he, he, my whole family was, was apprehensive as we walked in because we didn't want to be let down. So we're all very happy with the film uh, generally. I think only one of us was, was negative on it out of the out of the now 11 friends and family that I've talked to about it. So So,
0: uh, one quick quick question, because with all the movies you watch, especially with your friends and family, you still don't have A-list.
1: Yeah, that's true, because I go to Marquee mostly.
0: Oh, okay, fair. I mean, I'm just saying A-list does like, I think they're, they they announced they're going to do, you can bring a friend weekend. Mm -hmm. Yep for like a couple weekends a year I, I don't know i'm just trying to make it more enticing to you to get it but
1: well let's so like you know, I'll just full disclosure now that i'm trying to see more things in big d because i saw that one film in big d and it changed my life again <laughs> you're that, welcome that uh like i i may start going to amc more often than uh than to our marquee cinema but it all depends on just what's more convenient at the time if i have any running i can accomplish too because i'm busy
0: that's fair. I mean, that's not yep. not not a not a bad question. One last question, and this is aimed strictly at people and me, but I'm going to ask you guys because you guys typically don't agree with me on this one. If the movie had taken away the daughter, and this was just about, a, I mean, the one of the, the 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 common thread through this was just Pine's character doing what he had to do to get to get the guy that killed his wife. Would that have made it better or worse in
1: your book? About the same. I don't think either st- either like through line is strong in this film. And I don't think they crafted the movie for the sh- for like whatever gets them to point A, point B, and point C to matter. I think that was on purpose. So oh I, 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 it g- I agree
0: with you was on purpose once you once you start down that crafting a world from an adaption from a board game, you you kinda have to continue down that one path you really don't have many options to, to verge, but I think yeah. of, I don't see, I don't know if a more serious tone would have benefited the movie or hurt it. I think it's hard to could, tell.
1: I think you can craft a serious version of this film. I don't think with this cast, you make that movie though. You know what I mean? Like they definitely wrote this and built this around the way that the movie plays out, which was in the end, the right choice. Cause it's the choice they made. But you know, is this, is this the next Lord of the Rings movie? you know with that kind of fantasy element? No. It would is there one out there that could have been done? Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, but well, that's not how they well, went. One addendum
0: question, does this does this successfully itch a uh, a fantasy itch that you have for like if you like Lord of the Rings that kind of stuff does this hold you over temporarily until something else comes along?
1: If you're not it this does if you are okay with a lighthearted fantasy fil- flick, you know what I mean? If you don't feel like that, you know, a movie like this should exist in the fantasy world, then no, this is going to be a disappointment to you, obviously. But if if you can, if you're okay with a lighthearted, you know, jabby, you know, co- comedic timed film in a fantasy setting, you're going to be fine, 100%. Okay, fair,
0: enough. fair enough. Well, gentlemen, any last thoughts or will we just move right into closing? I think close we should
1: close because we've been a minute, but it
0: was a good discussion. Going to close her out then. This has been episode three hundred and twenty-five A of for Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at five AM and Friday at five AM on the podcast service of your choice of the following five Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One.
1: I am at Rod Stillian. I'm Christopher Bond.
0: Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, always posting things on social media. Send us an email to For the Love of podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at the gargantua that is the Super Mario Brothers movie and Chupa on Netflix.